No, up and down, Eddie. Come on. Uh, but as I said, we're going to be getting into our the Big Picture series, a brand new series, which is going to be so much fun looking at Toy Story 4. So we're going to turn our heads to the screen and look at the teaser. It's a good one. Toy Story 4. Have you ever had a moment or a season in life that maybe felt a bit like the, the beginning of that, of that little trailer there? It's just like everything's right in the way it's meant to be. They're all just kind of, they're in this circle. They're, they're all just kind of, oh, this is great. The music's playing. They're holding hands. It's like all, all, their, all their friends are there. It's just, it's all good. Now, here's the, the thing I love about this movie, and why we love to kind of look at the different stories, our cultures, and get because these are stories that are going to try and help us dig into, uh, you know, sort of the human experience. Like, it's easy to look at a movie and think it's about kind of these toys, but this is a movie that's very much, you know, about life and, and what happens in life. And here's the reality. All of us have had moments or seasons where it's like, it feels like, yeah. It's all good. We're singing. That music, like how happy is that music, right? And then all of a sudden, something comes along and boom, just throws it all out of purpose. Throws it all out of whack. No more are we kind of spinning super nicely in a circle with the great music playing. It's like now everybody is tripping over everybody. You hear Rex or somebody's like, oh, no, the panic is setting in. It's like all of a sudden... Everything that was going so well just gets thrown out of whack. I love that even little preview for this one because it, the preview is speaking to this idea of almost kind of what it's like when you have a bit of maybe we call equilibrium in your life. Like things are just in place. They're all kind of moving. But then something comes along, and this is just always true in life. Different things come along. Might be something challenging. Might just be a new opportunity. Might be some kind of just change. But something happens that throws it all kind of just out of whack, and suddenly it's not quite as smooth as maybe it was 
before. Now, the, this particular movie, how many people have seen Toy Story 4? Just show of hands real quick. Give them nice and high so I have a, a sense. How many people have seen a Toy Story movie at some point in your life? So most people kind of familiar with characters. Well, the new character in this movie, if you haven't seen it, uh, is this guy right here. And this is Forky. Um, and he looks on the surface like the worst Toy Story character ever. Just like, what? So he is this piece of, of trash, really. He was a spork, which is a spoon and a fork. How many people familiar with the spork? Raise your hand. You know, who's a, who's a fan of the spork? Just curious. Let's have a little survey. Who's sort of like, I'm not so sure about the spork. Did we really need that? We got a few of those. Not so sure we ever needed the spork. But he's a, he's a spork, and he gets made at orientation day. And he has a couple interesting things. In fact, we'll see. He might tell us a little bit about himself. Let's, let's try this. I'm a forky? Yes, that's what he is. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. <laughs> and that's, that's what he is. He feels like, yeah, I'm a spork. I don't have a lot to offer in life. I'm really just meant. Uh, but he finds himself alive. And, and, it, and it's part of what starts to throw everything off in this movie. Now, here's what this movie is fundamentally about, because it'd be easy to think it's about Forky. Um, it'd be easy to think it's even about Woody uh, or the other characters. This is a movie, and this is why I think it's great for all of us to look at. It's a movie about what do you do, how do you deal with change? Let me hear you say change. Can I tell you something? I don't know what all of our lives will look different in 2020, but all of us will navigate change. And this is a movie about how do you deal with change? How do you handle change? Even the very first teaser they ever put out was this kind of, yep, here was life. And then, boom, something happens, and all of a sudden, everything's thrown a little bit out of whack. Do we have, uh, do we have any kids in here going into a new classroom next year? Raise your hand if you've got a new, new teacher next year. Raise your hand. Do we have any kids going into high school, uh, young people going into high school for the first time? Anybody give your hands up on that? No, we're going to stop and just pray. Oh, we do have one. Well, uh, you know, going to a new season of life in high school. Anybody starting university just curious for the, the first time uh, next year? Uh, anybody repeating a year of school? No, anyway, just... Um, <laughs> Change is, is kind of a constant part of life. When we're young, change kind of announces itself, and we know, yep, this year, and it will change, it will go there. Can I tell you something? But the rest of our life, change has a way, just like Forky knocks it all out, change has a way of just showing up in our lives. And what we're going to see is this movie's get through these characters. Uh, in particular, we're going to look at, at Woody today because the movie's really about him and how he navigates change um, and how we can see what the scriptures say as well about how to deal with change. So let's have a look. We're going to have a look at a trailer. This will give you an overview of the whole movie if you're not familiar with it. Everyone, Bonnie made a friend in class. What a oh, she's already making friends. No, no, she literally made a new friend. I want you to meet Forky. Uh, hi. Hello. Hi. Ah. <gasps> He's a spool. Yes, yeah, I know. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie right now. We all have to make sure nothing happens to him. Woody, we have a situation. I am not a toy. I was made for soup, salad, maybe chili, and then the trash. Buzz, we've got to get Forky. Affirmative. Why am I alive? You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, yeah. Oh. Bo? Forky, come on. 
Bo? Bo? Hi there. My name is Gabby Gabby. We can't stay. <laughs> yes, you can. Boys. <laughs> what are you behind you? Bo! What are you doing here? No time to explain. Come with me. We need to get back to our kid. Aw, Sheriff Woody always coming to the rescue. Bonnie needs Forky. Woody, who needs a kid's room when you can have all of this? Wow. Woody, aren't we going to Bonnie? What would Woody do? Jump out of a moving vehicle? Let's go! Yeah, you gotta go, you gotta go. If you should ever leave me. You know, you've handled this lost toy life better than I could. Open your eyes, Woody. There's plenty of kids out there. Sometimes change can be good. You can't teach this old toy new tricks. You'd be surprised. Bonnie? We're going home, Forky. Kids lose their toys every day. I was made to help a child. I don't remember it being this hard. Woody, somebody's whispering in your ear. Everything's gonna be okay. So you kind of get a sense of what's happening across this movie. And very much the, one of the first pieces to it is kind of Woody is trying to help Forky understand, as you saw in that, you're a toy. This is what you're here to do. You're going to help her make memories for the rest of your life. But Forky is very much resisting it. He's like, I just want to be trash. I just want to jump in the trash. I just want to pull some trash up over me like a blanket. I just don't, I don't want to, I don't think I've got what it takes to be a toy. Can I tell you something? All of us, when change comes, be it a difficulty, uh, be it an unexpected challenge, uh, be it uh, just the next phase, maybe it is going to that new classroom or the new, uh, whatever that might be, a new job, just a new, one of the questions we'll always be presented with is, do I have what it takes? Do you know, when, when, when difficult, when, when, whether it's difficult or new or different, whatever it is, we have to actually, in some way, we'll end up kind of asking this, do I have what it takes? You know, Forky's real kind of response to what life has thrown at him, like he's just like, I didn't plan on being a toy. Life got thrown at me, and this is what I am. And his response is just kind of like, you know what? I just want to, I just want to be trash. I just want to roll up under a blanket of trash. I just want to chill. And I don't, I don't know if I would, can I tell you something? We are invited and, and he will, he eventually kind of grows to understand what's required of him. But in the scriptures, we're invited into this reality that the way we be, can begin to answer this question, I want to give you two angles to look at it. The first angle is this. We are always invited in the scriptures to be reminded that this is who you are. And I think identity is at the, the core of so many of life's great questions and challenges. And Romans 8 reminds us of this. It says, you know, that God's spirit, here's what God wants to talk to you about. I don't know what changes you'll face, good, bad, or other, but I know this, what God will want to speak to you about. Romans 8, 16 says, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. God always wants to remind us in every season that you are part of my family. And if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may share also in his glory. Can I tell you something? Do you know what? It's just an amazing thing. 
that we really have to continue to remind ourselves, this is what God wants to remind you. You are part of his family. You know, when I was uh, younger, especially kind of growing up and through school, I had red hair. As you can see, I still do today. I anticipate having it the rest of my life. And when I was younger, though, I didn't always like that growing up. When you had red hair, you, it's just kind of you're a bit different, and, and there's not, there weren't as many redheads around. We're rare, like diamonds, highly valuable. And, but there's not, but I can remember as a kid, I really didn't like that about myself. I thought, I just, I, I wish I looked like everyone else, or I wish I looked like them, or I wish I could change this about, here's the thing, sometimes in life, we can sort of think we've got, we can compare ourselves to others, or we can think, I wish I could fix this, if I was a little bit different, you know, Forky might have thought, if I was a toy, I'd look like this, but what this verse reminds us, is that just who you are, how you are, what God wants you to know is you are his child. You are loved by him. You are valued by him. And whatever you will need to navigate the challenges and road life will throw at you, actually, he has, he has made you capable and able. And what will matter most is not how things are on the inside, but this is the second part, or not how things are on the outside, but actually who you are on the inside. Because then what we begin to realize is that, yeah, okay, we are made loved and known by God, and we are called to focus not on our appearance or our image or what we project to the world, but actually on who we truly are. In First Peter or Second Peter chapter 1, he puts it this way. He says, for this very reason, make every effort. Let me say effort. This takes effort to add to your faith. So we start with faith. The scriptures tell us we have a life. We start with faith in Christ. And now we try and add to that character qualities. He says, add to your faith goodness. Let me just say goodness. goodness. You know, I don't know what 2020 will throw at you, but I know this. If you add to your faith goodness and a focus on being a good person from the inside out and on actually displaying good character qualities, like that will help you navigate anything that comes your way. And add to goodness knowledge. Not living in kind of willful ignorance, but kind of growing in our knowledge of life, of God, of the scriptures. Of, and add to knowledge self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. Let me hear you say perseverance. perseverance. I have you say that one because one of the greatest qualities you can add to who you are is perseverance. When life throws change at you, to be a person who learns to persevere through those things. And add to that godliness, becoming more like him. To godliness, mutual affection. To mutual affection, love. No matter whether life throws good, bad, or other, when you become a person who adds increasing measures of love, love for God, love for others, others-focused kind of love, when you add that to your life, it goes well. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, if you continue to go after these things and shape who you are, and allow God to shape your character, you will keep yourself from missing the potential you had in Christ. You know, I, 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 one of the best books I've read in the last couple of years is a book called Integrity. It's written by a guy named Henry Cloud. And what he talks about in it, sometimes we hear the word integrity and we just think it means, you know, do you tell the truth? But his whole point of it is, you know, that's like basic in life. We should be people who, who tell the truth. Like that, that's not really what integrity is. Integrity is about what are you made of? 
And he says, his phrase for it is this, that integrity is the courage to meet the demands of reality. Integrity, listen to that one more time, is the courage to meet the demands of reality. And the whole point of his book is that life will place, reality will place demands on us. Change will happen. Sometimes good, sometimes challenging. Change will come. Life will place demands on us. Integrity is about having the kind of character that you can meet the demands of reality. I love this. I want to read you this quote of his because I want, to, I want you to hear. He says this. He says, the immature character, we'll say this is Forky. He's a little immature, maybe. Do you know a little side note? If you ever watch the movie, his googly eyes, the more he learns about life and things, his googly eyes get less googly. Isn't that cool? I found that fascinating. Anyway, his eyes get less googly. Life's a bit like that. So he says the immature character, the immature person in life, immaturity looks like this. He says, asks life to meet his demands. See, Forky goes, Woody's like, dude, you're a toy. Forky's like, I don't want to be a toy. I just want to be trash. I just want to lay down under a blanket of trash. That's what I want to do. He's like, Woody's like, life is, you are, like, this is life. You're a toy. And, but the immature, and here's what happens sometimes is, like, change comes. We're like, but I don't want this to be my reality. But integrity is having the courage to meet the demands of reality. He says the mature person, the mature character, and this is you, because you're going to be mature in 2020. I'm going to be mature. We're going to be this kind of person. He says, the mature person meets the demands of life. The mature person doesn't go, but I wish life was like this. The mature person understands, here's what's going on. How do I become the kind of person who can meet the demands of reality? How do I add goodness to my life, perseverance to my life, self-control to my life, mutual affection to my life, love to my life? How do I increase who I am? as a child of God, so that I can meet the demands of life. Because change will happen. Now here's, so the first kind of question that I think is, is really well raised in this movie, you know, is this idea of, you know, how do we answer this question? Do I have what it takes? And we answer that in the scriptures by knowing who we are in God, being reminded of that, and then being focused on our character and how we grow from the inside out. You know, the, one of the second question we're going to look at today that I love this movie asks is, how do you deal with the end of an era? This movie's very much about, at the end of Toy Story 3, did anybody see Toy Story 3? Hands up if you've seen Toy Story 3. Uh, if anybody, how many people like saw Toy Story 3 and then went, why are you making Toy Story 4? Uh, Toy Story 3 ended and you were like, they wrapped up this bow, it's this beautiful finish to the story and it was sort of like, why even have a Toy Story 4? But they began to ask new questions and one of those questions was, these movies were all about Woody's life as Andy's toy. But now what does he do when that era has ended? And this is, we'll see a little bit of that um, in this conversation. Have a look at this clip. Forky has been so like, nah, I don't want to be a toy. He's jumped out the window. He just wants to be litter. And we're going to see this conversation that Woody has with him trying to bring him back. All right, Forky, you have to understand how lucky you are right now. You're Bonnie's toy. You are going to help create happy memories that will last for the rest of her life. Huh? What? Oh, yeah. yeah. Hey. Oh, okay. Doing it for Bonnie. Doing this for Bonnie. Doing it for Bonnie. Okay. 
Like it or not, you are a toy. Maybe you don't like being one, but you are one nonetheless, which means you are going to be there for Andy when he Who's Andy? I mean Bonnie. You have to be there for Bonnie. That is your job. Well, what's your job? Well, right now, it's to make sure you do yours. Carry me? No! Who's Andy? Andy was my other kid. You had another kid? Yeah, yeah, for a long time. It was pretty great. I was a favorite toy, actually. Running the room was my job. Keeping all the toys in place. So he thought Andy's room was a planet? Wow, that is messed up. Right, that's exactly what I thought when he first showed up. <laughs> I mean, how is that not annoying? Thank you. Well, then you watch him grow up and become a full person. And then they leave. They go off and do things you'll never see. I don't get me wrong, you, you still feel good about it, but then somehow you find yourself, after all those years, sitting in a closet, just feeling... Useless? Yeah. Your purpose fulfilled? Exactly. Woody, I know what your problem is. You do? You're just like me. Trash! What is it with you? <laughs> we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna stop that clip there. I love that that moment of, you know, he's just kind of like, that's it, my purpose. Now, here's the thing that I, I love about this scene. You get this feeling, and in Pixar, I do feel like when they have brainstorming sessions, like when they're like, what movie? I think they sit around a table and just go, how can we make people cry? Like, there's just... There's these certain moments, and, and the guy who wrote this scene had actually um, sort of recently, he'd gone through the experience of watching his, his kids grow up and now had left the house, and you can kind of see that, you know, it's really written by someone who's experienced. What's it like when an era comes to an end? And this movie's a lot about what is it like at the end of that era? Now, here's the thing about life is it will, there will always be these big seasonal changes that will come. Where the way it was and the circle was all dancing heavy, it comes to an end, it shifts, it changes. Maybe we get back to some equilibrium and it's circling again, but there just come these moments that are like the end of an era. And the question is always, how do we deal with the end of an era? I think it's a good question to actually ask and to think about. You know, as the scriptures, one of the ways they invite us to answer this question is that even in times that are uncertain and we're not sure what's next, or how it's going to go, the scriptures always invite us to this idea of trusting in God regardless. Proverbs chapter 3 puts it this way. This is a great verse. If you've never memorized this verse, I think it's a great symbol verse. It's a great one just to memorize and have in your mind and heart. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Let me hear you say, all your heart. heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. Sometimes when things don't go the way we expected or an era comes to an end or something has come that we're just uncertain about, our understanding will only get us so far. And we can try and navigate it and interpret it and try and figure out what we think is happening, should happen. We try and lean, we can want to lean on understanding, but we're invited and said, no, no, no. Instead of trying to bend it to what you think it should be, can you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Don't lean on your own understanding. Instead, in all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. 
this verse, I love it, just invites us to a life where we are willing and able to the way we meet the demands reality places on us is to say, I'm going to trust in the Lord no matter what. I'm going to trust that he's for me. I'm going to trust that he can work out all things for my good. I'm going to trust him with all my heart. I'm going to lean on him, not my own understanding, and believe that in his unique ways, he can take all the different winding, turning paths of life, and he can work them for his good. He can make my path straight. He can take even those difficult things that happen and he can turn them into part of a journey and a story in life that is good. That's what this verse is talking to us about. I love the reality that even in times when you wonder and era is coming to an end or something feels like a shifting and changing, that actually we're not kind of just on our own. Woody just feels at a loss. He he does no idea how to process it. We are invited into a life where we can trust in God and go, everything else might change, but I can trust that he will not. And I'll put my hope, I'll put my faith, I'll put my my certainty in him. You know, one of the, the realities of what that then can lead us to is a new season. There are, uh, there are, are times when actually, as we go from one thing to the next, and as we trust God with all our heart, he can lead us then into a new season. He makes that path straight. And I, I love what happens in, as this movie goes on, and Woody, and there's a whole bunch of the story, of course, that we're, we're not going to cover today. But one of the things that he ultimately starts to move toward is how do I still be, how do I still be me? How do I still be Woody in a new era and a new season? And part of what was always at his core was just how do I help kids have toys? And he ends up in a, a bit of a new place. And we're going to have a look at, at what, how he starts to find new ways to help kids connect with toys in this clip. Yay! There goes another one. We're never getting out of here. Up here, Rainbow Connection. You, Mr. Toads, want to take a wild ride with a kid? You can make that happen. You can? Really? Oh, yeah. Leave it to us, Jeremiah. Uh Leave that to us. We know exactly what to do. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. <laughs> do you really have laser eyes? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> I, I, love, I love that clip. 
I mean, one, I, I really thought Keanu Reeves should have got an Oscar in this movie. Anyway, he was Duke Kaboom. But I, I love this moment because you, you start to see that on the other side of, of change and on the other side sometimes of disequilibrium, it paints a little picture, I think, of, of what the scriptures would actually say to us, which is that there, there can be a new beginning that can also take place that has continuity and discontinuity. You know, I love how the, the book of Isaiah speaks to this kind of a moment. In Isaiah 43, the people of God, they are at a point in their history where it feels like the whole circle got completely busted up. They've been conquered. They're in exile. They're in Babylon. Everything's bad as it could be. And they're wanting just like, God, can you do what you did in the past? Can you do what you did back in Egypt where you opened up the Red Sea and just delivered us? Can you do one of those things where you toppled Pharaoh, you know, and the leader? Can you, could you do something like that? And then God speaks and Isaiah says, this is what the Lord says. And this is who he is. He's the one who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together. And they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. He's pointing them back to the continuity. This is God who in the past rescued you through the Red Sea, delivered his people out of Egypt. This is that God. And you're wanting him to do what he did before, but it says in the next verse, he says, this is what he says. He says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And this was God's way at that time of saying to his people, look, I'm the same God. You're still my same people. But I'm going to do things differently in this moment, in this season. We often have a desire when change comes to want to dwell on the former things. To want to stay in what we've seen before. To want to go, but this is how the circle looked and who was in it and how it spun. And this is, we want, there's just something in us as people. But there come moments when God has to say, look, I don't want you to, you should remember that. Because he's the same God. And we draw faith from that and experience from that. So we remember, but the, he says, but don't dwell there. Don't try to live in the past. Don't try to think it always has to be like what it was. But try and perceive the new thing I'm doing. You know, I want to encourage you as you go into a new year, maybe as you go into a new class or a new school or a new teacher, just know God has new things he'll want to do in your life, new people he'll want to bring into it. And, and if you align yourself, whatever new thing, you know, there, there can be great new things God will have for us. But often in order to embrace them, we have to be willing to not dwell, not live in the old there's continuity, there's discontinuity, God the same. We are still his children. Can we trust him in all we're doing and watch how he brings paths together in new ways? Now, I'd love to pray for you this morning. Would you stand with me? And I'm going to invite the team to come up. And in a moment, we're going to sing one more time this song, The Highlands, which is a great song for a moment like this because it reminds us that here's what we lean on. Here's what we know to be the same. We trust in a God who is the same whether the circle's going just the way we want or whether it's all falling apart. We trust in a God who is the same, whether we're on the high of a mountain or whether we're feeling in the valley and trusting him with all our heart is to trust him in both places and to know that somehow he'll make the path straight. And I'd love as we begin 2020, I'd love to just pray for us and pray uh, for you and, and for our whole church community and, and just pray that 
You know, especially as you maybe respond to what he's saying today. I think one of the best things we can do is to know this. When times are uncertain, just trust in the one who made you, you. You know, God has created you. He's made you unique. He's made you just who you are. He's with you in your life and what you're experiencing, whether high or low. And as you trust him, he can weave all of that into a straight path, into a good path for you. And I'd love to pray that over your life and for 2020. If you'd like to be a part of that, just bow your heads. Nika, open your hands if you just want to kind of receive from God in this moment. Heavenly Father, we thank you today that even though life is full of change, your love and your goodness never change. You are always for us. You are always with us. And as we go into 2020, I just want to pray especially for every person who just welcomes that in their life, that God, you would pour out great deep sense of your love for them. Witness with their spirit that they are part of your family. They are heirs in Christ. Lord, I pray that your spirit would so work within them that you would develop their character, their integrity. That as they make every effort, your spirit will partner with their spirit and add goodness, self-control, perseverance, love, all the character qualities you desire. And I pray that for each one of us, we'll have a sense of what are the new things you want to do in our lives. Where it's difficult, may we embrace them. May we find a way to live with that anchor in you. And yet walking new roads you would lead us on. And I pray that in all of it, oh Lord, in all of it, we would know your goodness. We'd know your love. And it truly would all be for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing this together. Invite you, make it a song of response, you know, just a simple way you express what it means to trust him with your whole heart. As we sing words about whether the high or the low, you know, I'll praise you all the same.